morning. I'm Karen Audubonny, and you're tuned in to TKO, and we're going to be talking about housing today. All right, so on the air with me this morning, I hope she's there, is Elizabeth Swenson. She is, I believe, a founding member of the Housing Action Team. Elizabeth, are you with us? I am. Can you hear me? I can. We got good air quality there. Thanks so much. Okay. All right. So uh, this organization is called the Housing Action Team. It looks like you got together in about two, 2017 to address housing issues. So I, I was just hoping you'd give us a quick, um, give us a little history of this organization, how it got together, what the purpose was, that kind of stuff. Just introduce us. Okay. Um I think we actually started in 2016, and it's because Healthy Mendocino, which I'm not sure where they are now, but Healthy Mendocino came to the coast to set up some what they considered teams, and they wanted to know if people were interested in housing, and a few of us raised our hand, and from there we became the housing action team. We, um, we actually are, are a fairly small group. We uh, once we announced that we existed, we had a meeting with about thirty or forty people, and they all had ideas. Um, but in reality, it it kind of got down to about ten people um, f- for a, a period of time, mostly uh, retired people. But we had um, when um, we had people from the cities came some, and Dan Jurdy has been involved with this. Uh, to some degree since the beginning as well um <clears throat> so we we called ourselves a team i don't know if we named ourselves or healthy mendocino did but we saw ourselves as a team working on projects um and so the f- we came up with a few things that we wanted to do but basically started with supporting the the building of ADUs or what are they? I can't think of what they stand for. Because accessory dwelling dwelling units. units, Right there, we go. Um, The city, the city had approved the concept of them and actually had uh, worked out some designs or worked with the designer to have some free designs. And so, the idea that was catching on and still is very popular in uh, a lot of different places. We felt like this was something Fort Bragg could do. And so we um, had a workshop where we had someone talking about taxes or tax issues and building issues and permitting issues, sort of give general a general overview of what it would take to build an ADU. Um, and then as the um, county, or not the county, but as the Coastal Commission was... Um, arranging to uh, was working with the county or the county was uh, applying to the coastal commission to have adus in the coastal commission we also then did a second workshop both of these were attended by more than 100 people but second workshop for building adus in the county um and so that took us those I, i think we did one a year which uh which is what it kind of took to do it. At any rate, kind of about that time, COVID came into um, effect. I'm trying to think. We did do some other things, but ADUs were definitely our focus. We had always also really been interested in um, 
community land trust. And uh, a couple of people from the city had been involved with us and they sort of took took on community land trusts. And, and in the city of Fort Bragg, there now is a community land trust separate from the city and separate from us. But, uh, you know, it's a nonprofit that's goal is just to, to be able to produce housing um, on you know, less expensively uh, on land that uh, the coastal com- that the excuse me the land trust owns, but houses that people can buy and uh, eventually you know gain some uh, equity, but and have a place to live. So that's started. No, no building has happened, but I believe they've gotten some money um, to begin um, to buy some property and to begin on this. Um, and we worked with the city around the housing element. You know, the, the state requires the city to and the counties to kind of revise their housing plan and gives essentially gives an assignment to, um, you know, come up with more housing and to uh, actually report on that. And I have to say the reporting um, pretty much hasn't happened partly I would imagine, but at any rate, um, the the different housing plans, which included for for us more about ADUs, but also being involved in getting um, tiny homes to be able to uh, work on <coughs> city lots or some city lots. Well, you're and you're um, and you're referencing a lot. You work. Um your organization is kind of based on the coast in the Fort Bragg area, but at the beginning, didn't you also have um, an inland team or an inland group that was working inland also? So, good point. Healthy Mendocino went to different places. So there is, in fact, a housing action team inland, very separate from us. I don't know if it gets supported by Healthy Mendocino or not. I do meet with them some, Um it's a somewhat different uh, configuration of people in that most of the people are somehow connected to uh, Ukiah or local government or local nonprofits, whereas we're kind of just a bunch of <laughs> retired people for the most part. Um, so there, it's it's different because the coast and inland are very different. Um, well, they so. have diff- we have very different issues. I-, I will do a shout out to the city of Fort Bragg, and I've done this on the air in the past. The city of Fort Bragg has really stepped up. They've bumped up their infrastructure for water. Um, so that they can supply, so right. they can service the building that's going on. They've been working with the Danco organization out of Arcata to do the first the Cypress Street housing, which was low income senior housing. There were 23 units. And now they're working with Danco to do a very big project. I think it's 123 units. It's called. Mm, the, it's not that big, but yes. Yeah, oh, really? I thought it was up in the hundreds. Okay, it's a huge. I, I, actually was drove by it uh, when I was out at the coast a week or so ago just to see where it's at. It's um, behind the hospital and that's going to be a combination of senior housing, veterans housing, and I think just low family, low income family housing. So uh, I just a shout out to Fort Bragg for really having stepped up and done that. Um, and the ADUs, I think Fort Bragg was the first, uh, the city of Fort Bragg was, like you mentioned, the first one 
to offer small um, accessory housing uh, designs so you didn't have to go out and pay an architect to do a design and I think it streamed I know it streamlined the permitting process and then um, after that happened the Mendocino County Planning Department did the same thing where you there's some designs where you can go in and they it's it's a quicker process so that that helped with the auxiliary um, accessory dwelling units um, oh I know the other thing Fort Bragg has done I don't know if people have known about this but they created an ordinance where if you have a big enough lot you can actually bring in a teeny home a tiny home and set up that was another thing Fort Bragg done, did. So um, they're they're really moving ahead as a city of Fort Bragg. Um, so the other thing that you that your organization has done is you did a lot of surveying, right? You you put out a survey. We put out a survey. Uh, so it's in COVID, we were trying to figure out sort of what to do, and it seemed like. It would be really important to see if we could get a real picture of what are the housing issues that businesses as as well as individuals were uh, experiencing. And so uh, we did a survey. um, We got a list of the top businesses or the highest earning businesses in, in the area and then also included just other businesses that we knew and we um, asked a lot of questions including you know are you would you be willing to work work towards getting more housing um, we we got exactly pretty much exactly what the union got every business talked about the need for housing and that they can't get people they can't keep people and that it's a dominant thing and it was sort of at the same time where there was a lot going on uh of of people not finding places to rent i mean it just was a daily thing that had been going on for a year or so but really mounting i mean it probably has been going on for five or ten years but it really increased um in this last period and um we we had hope to actually and probably still do hope to try to work with local businesses around housing ideas and ways that we could increase housing but it it really became clear to us that the the issue of short-term rentals was really affecting the coast it it has very little effect at this point inland um although i hear anderson valley has has issues um but it got us it just felt like the combination of people saying we can't find a place to rent and seeing that there were uh, tons and tons of short-term rentals um, many of which could be places that people could live in so so when you did your survey did was that just in the fort bragg area or did you extend that down into uh the south coast also i wasn't quite sure it actually was was essentially in the fort bragg area although it, uh, we did get responses some we we know there's a huge issue and also in, you know from manchester uh, where is that place that I thought everybody liked the fact that it was a tourist area, but they don't. They would like to have houses <laughs> that people live in. Um, but all the way down, and of course down into um, 
um, Point Arena and Guallala down in that area. Guallala area, yeah. yeah. So we have had conversations, but we really we had sort of seen ourselves covering really from uh, Westport down to uh, Navarro Ridge when we started. That seemed like what we felt like we could deal with. Um, well, have you gotten much feedback um, since since the Fort Bragg has um, extended the accessory dwelling units and made it easier to get them on your property and the teeny homes and all of that? Are you getting feedback that this is actually happening? Are people being able to come in and put these units in? Do you well, follow that at all? Not very much. I mean, there have been, I actually am not really up with the city in the most recent past. They, there were m- more applications, more people applied. More people have also talked about it's very expensive. You know, it, it's, it's, it just costs a fair amount of money. So people that I've talked to that have built them are in some sense have mixed feelings about how worth it was to them. Um, but again, it's not a survey. I don't know if that's a universal. I've talked to three or four people. And so there are there are issues around that. And honestly, in some counties, they actually have programs where if they say, if you're going to rent this to as an affordable rental, we will cover some of your costs um, for setting up the ADU. So there, there are ways that there may be programs that could also help people build these we're not there yet but it's an idea well that's it that's a very good point um let me just get it let me just take a second to reintroduce my guest this is elizabeth swenson she's with the housing action team from the coast basically in the coast um and has been working with this housing issues since uh 2016 and we're talking about housing issues on the coast, but I will say the issues the coast face that the Anderson Valley faces, the rest of the county is facing. This is not an isolated situation. So I, I want to go back and just uh, expand on what you just brought up because it's a good point. Um, I'm, as most people, listeners know, I'm with the Anderson Valley Elder Home. We are trying to manage and produce more low-income housing for seniors. We just built our first new unit uh, in 2017, and the price was $250 a square foot. So if you're going to if you have somebody on the coast or even inland and they want to put a, a dwelling an accessory an ADU dwelling in on their property first you have the cost to put it up which depending if you just take you know 500 feet you know multiply out that that's well over $100,000 and then what happens is that also incle- increases your tax base to the county and i understand Mm -hmm. that the county relies on our property taxes which that's the way it happens in the in the county in the state but that's a big nut to come up with as the property owner so you have the money to build the unit and then you've also increased your property tax value which means that's going to increase your annual taxes so I haven't actually um, worked out the numbers. I probably I could easily, but you have to work out the numbers with the cost of the increase in the taxes, the cost of the building it, and if you're going to rent this, is it really going to pay itself? Pay for itself? That's probably not. 
Well, that's a conundrum. So I like the idea that you're talking about other counties are talking about if you're producing these kind of units, you're bringing them in and you're going to rent them not as an Airbnb or that you're going to rent them to low or moderate income people that maybe we should consider a tax break to, for maybe a 10 year, maybe a limited tax break, you know, maybe for 10 years, maybe for 15 years. I'm just, I'm just spitballing mm-hmm. here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. trying to throw out some ideas so we can all start thinking about how do we get housing into our county that we need desperately. We desperately need that. So, um, yeah, that's just, a, that's just throwing out some ideas. Uh, what do you think, Elizabeth? No, I, I, I think that's good. I think where we maybe disagree is we actually have a lot of houses that we've given over to tourism. And I, I, I honestly feel that we got into this campaign realizing that the need and the, what it takes to build houses and the time frame, that it's, it's fairly crazy that we have turned over so many houses, particularly on the coast, to um, to tourism. Um, and the other side of that is I don't believe we're getting our value back from that. From looking at reports, it, it seems that we haven't really collected the money that we should collect. Or, you know, there's issues around the whole thing. But basically, the immediate need and the fact that uh, living on the coast you sort of see how services are disappearing you can't find repair people you can't there's no vets some of these are universal um you know there's just the as someone who wants to continue living here uh as opposed to some people that are just leaving because they they worry that they're not going to get the care they need the fact that we have housing that uh, is sort of, you know, is not being used for the workforce. I personally, I think the county is responsible for housing for its workforce. In other words, that it shouldn't be just giving it away. Well, the state does, um, like you said, the state does have a mandate for housing. Um, I haven't seen, I don't know how often we, do, do we have to update our housing element every year or is it every no, 10 years? I think it's no, every I 10 years. And it was updated a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think it's every 10 years we update. And the, the county or the state actually puts goals for the county. You have to increase your right. housing by that. And I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say that I don't think the county has ever met those goals no. um i mean one of my lines when i see the supervisors and when i talk about the elder home project i always say please help me i'm trying to help you fulfill your housing mandate <laughs> that's my right. that's that's my comeback to them and that's my standard line is you know i am desperately trying to help you but you need to help me um one of the other topics that's come up in the past i've talked with locals about it is uh mobile home parks or, you know, mm-hmm. um, manufactured home parks. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that uh, I think takes specific zoning, but it also takes infrastructure. That might be another avenue for getting some increased housing because you can bring in those modular homes or mobile homes much quicker and set them up than trying to build a, a structure. So these are some ideas that we I'm just throwing out to people to start right. thinking about because it is a county issue. Um, and if we 
if we want to sustain our county, we have to have the services that you're talking about. We have to have the laborers. We have to have the doctors. We have to have the teachers. Um, and if they can't find housing, how do we continue as a county and a community? Um, housing has a tremendous a- impact on the quality of life in our communities, period. That's it. So. Um, so anyway, one of the topics you brought up that we did want, I did want to shift to and get to because I know the, the county and the cities are moving ahead on the auxiliary, on the ADUs. Um, I think some of them are moving ahead. I'd love to see the county address uh, tiny homes on property. I think that's, if Fort Bragg can do it, I'm going to challenge that the county can do it and the supervisors mm-hmm. can get an ordinance around that. I think that would be good. Um, I will, now that I know that there's a whole separate group with housing in, um, in the in the valley, in the Ukiah Valley, Willits area, I'll check in with them to see if we can get some reporting on that because I know that Willits has its issues, Laytonville, Covalo, and the whole other east side of the county has similar issues but i'll try to get some of those folks on to talk about it but in anderson valley in the coast one of the issues that has come up a lot of us locals talk about it is we see a lot of the housing being taken out of the rental market the monthly rental market into short-term rentals that they're called st uh Short STRs. There we go. STRs. All these acronyms. So um, it's what I've been trying to get a handle on. You sent me a link to a map where I should be able to pull it up and see them. It didn't work. So I'm going to try to find that. It's okay. I'll try to find it later on. Because you hear you hear stories of oh my God there's all these houses in Anderson Valley that are being on Airbnb and their weekly rentals and they used to you know house families, so I hear a lot of stories but I haven't really been able to nail down the numbers yet, and I know that you um, as the housing action team had been looking at some numbers and be able to explore that, so give us an idea of what that issue has raised up. What you guys, what you as an organization has seen around short-term rentals. Why don't we talk about that? Okay, good. Um, we, so I, I sort of this, what led to this was really the surveys and the fact that people were saying so much. And so um, Dan Jurdy actually um, was able to get us a report that lists all the um, TOT uh paying or registered um, businesses, which includes all, you know, everything, the motels and the B&Bs. So let me just say, the that's the term. that's the transient occupancy tax. That's what... Right, I'm sorry. No, 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 that's okay. I just, I, <laughs> we're, we're yeah. in the groove on this, so I like to make sure that everybody <laughs> listening knows that's transi- transitory that's occupancy it. tax. That's for... Uh, re- weekend rentals is for campgrounds, it's for your hotels, your motels, and it should include your Airbnb short-term rentals. Okay. Right. So you got a report right. from so Dan Jurdy. So I got a report from Dan Jurdy that I believe was the uh, from 21. Uh, and it listed, um, I think I gave you some figures, it listed like 700. That's including everything. But um, campgrounds and the inns and everything. And when we started looking at the figures, there were like uh, over a hundred. It's funny, I have these notes in front of me that looked like people had not paid any. 
short-term rental um, tax at all. Um, and so it's like, well, is someone looking into this? Well, they don't really have staff to look into it, apparently. And so it made me realize that we're, not realize, but my sense of it was we're like allowing businesses, basically, which I consider short-term rentals. Actually, I should step back a minute. We're really talking about the houses where it's a whole house rental, not where somebody is living in the house and rents out a room. Those are, they are called short-term rentals, but we're, we're not, there aren't really a lot of those, and it's not something we're concerned about. What we're more concerned about is whole houses being bought and being rented out as short-term rentals, so they're no longer available to the community. And once we started looking at the numbers, we also started looking at, and well, what are these houses? Because a lot of people picture them as, as, you know, ocean view, very expensive, um, not really useful for the workforce kind of housing. And we do have that on the coast, but we have a lot, a lot of just ordinary one, two, three bedroom houses or units that people, a lot of people could live in. And so it became... (laughs) At the same time, I started looking at, I started doing a lot of research about what other counties do in the state and elsewhere. And on every place, almost every place has an ordinance and has per uh, 10 years, but particularly places that are tourist places, Santa Cruz, uh, you know, down south, all are faced with sort of similar problems. The houses that they need for people to live in are being used for vacation rentals. I don't know about the economics, whether they're collecting all their money or not, but uh, at any rate, they still have a housing problem. And they um, you know, realized they had to put caps on things because you, you cannot build houses <laughs> as fast as they're needed. You know, the, the, there has to be a multi to how we get housing, building it, lots of different things, all the things you raised, you know, uh, trailer trailer parks and tiny homes and all of this can happen. But in reality, the fastest thing that can happen is to make sure you keep enough housing to f- fulfill the basic needs of the workforce. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna ask you to get a little bit closer to your mic because you're kind of fading oh, in and out. That's oh, okay. okay. That's good. Um, so have you been able to get? I saw you sent me some numbers saying that you think that there are roughly 490 um, STRs, short-term rentals, which is yes. about four percent of the latest housing report, and on that the no, coast. and that's ninety yeah. percent of those are on the coast. Um, are you? Is there, I mean, do you have to like go to our Airbnb and all the other groups? I know they're Robe or something to, to find it. Or, or is this map that you sent to me, does that allow you to go and count what's in your neighborhood? Because I know in, in Anderson Valley, we don't have ocean view, but what we have is all the wineries and we have access right. to the coast. So I will say I know of several 
what residential units that have been taken off the market for short-term mm-hmm. rentals. Um, I'm wondering, is there an easy way of figuring that out for the whole county? I mean, what I'm trying to figure out here, is there is there somebody, if, if indeed there was easy access, could just a staff member in the planning or in the, in the county office sit there and just one day whip out a report and say, okay, this is how many rentals or short-term rentals in each district, let's say. Or is yes. it something really hard to find? Well, there's two things. There's the of registered short-term rentals. Yes, the the map is really a Google. It's, you know, one of the wonders of technology. It's a Google map based on addresses in the report that I have that lists all the short-term rentals. So we pulled out. So that map, you can click on that map, and it will take you to an address. You click on a dot, and it will take you to an address of a short-term rental. The, pro- the second problem that we haven't really talked about is, again, historically, counties have found anywhere from 10 to 40% of short-term rentals don't register at all. The county doesn't even know about them. Ah, they might they, they rent them out. Um, they can use the various services, but the county knows nothing about them. And, and they're a huge problem because... There's not, they're not on any rolls. People don't know where they, you know, the county doesn't know that they exist. So it has no idea what they're charging or where, you know, what, what the situation is at all. So I was just talking about the ones that are listed. Yes, you can, in fact, um, click on a dot and it will, an address will come up. But in Anderson Valley, there's very few listed there. So clearly there's a bunch of them that are not registered because people wouldn't complain about the number that they can see on the map right now. It's maybe 12 or 14 um, in the whole valley. Well, I will say that I know, I will say that I know that at least Ted Williams and um, uh, maybe Dan Jurdy at the board of supervisors meetings have actually addressed that issue of how do we discover who's doing airbnbs and they aren't registered and i'm not sure where that um where that oversight comes in that's something i'll have to ask them about them unless you've talked to them about that how do we get yeah. these on the tax rolls or on the tot list well personally <laughs> uh you have to have staff that investigates it or you have to hire an agency in fact there are agencies and i i have been really kind of trying to push the county to go this direction because this is it's sort of amazing how it happens but there's a, an entire industry of sort of uh, establishing short-term rental uh, regulations collecting the money informing the public um, and basically doing what the county is not able to do um, and it so a a business that uh, exists called Graticus, and then their subsidiary is called Home Host, Home Host, or something. I'm not sure what it is. Graticus is a business that um, I think I don't know if it's just in California, but it, it's the it's the business that records all the county meetings and makes it possible if you want to look up an agenda item, you can click on that agenda item and go directly to it. I think um, that's the one the county just stopped using. Actually, I'm sorry to say that, Elizabeth. I think that's what I've heard. Some uh, there was a whole big discussion about it at the last board, last two board meetings about we can't get uh, 
people's comments online because they went away from that system. So this might be something where the county could actually contract out to this company yes. and get exactly. a report to find out what's actually going on. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah, I like this. Because actually the county, the board of supervisors have been talking about with the shortage of staff they're having right they need to maybe contract out to some of these types of this kind of a business because that means income when you come to the tot tax that's that's straight income that goes into the general fund that and that goes into their discretionary fund also which means they get to spend that money and not have to be you know that's their discretionary money so that's a great idea i like that has anybody, have you talked to Dan Jurdy and some of the supervisors? Actually, about that? Yeah, I've talked to Dan and Dan and Ted, actually, um, Great. about this. Um, and and I think, it's, you know, the county has to sort of make a mind change to realize it can't really do everything it needs to do, but there are ways that things can be done that don't rely on getting that staff person in um, because it, it, well, at any rate, so I think there's some general thinking, um, you know, to be able to use services like this. So, to, in other places yeah. where the service use, it actually pays for itself. In other right, words, it exactly. ends up not costing money. Yeah, and it's not so, something you'd have to do every year. You could do it every five years, maybe, type of deal, and catch up with the ones that have been out. Probably do it do different elements of it every yeah, year. Yeah, exactly, it's, exactly. It's a growing, developing. I don't know how many new places have come on this year, but the projection is that short-term rentals are like increasing at about 25% a year. 25%? So 25%? 25%? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So take 490 houses plus 25%. Oh, my goodness. That happened in a year. So it's, it's, an, it's like... The county, I know, has a million things to do. I'm really not someone that pretends everything is easy for the county. It's really, it's a lot. But this is huge. It's huge in terms of our economy, in terms of just the, our the quality, our quality of life in our communities. Um, one of the other issues that has been raised, or for me, and I've wondered about, is that I've heard in other areas, and I would imagine it's happening here also, is that corporations are coming in and buying up a bunch of the housing, and then as a corporation, they're doing Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any indication of that on the coast, where large entities are coming in and and owning multiple units? Well, it's sort of hard to tell, actually. There are... I have actually broken down. There are some corporate interests, but we have about, I think it's 70 or 90 that use the CASA. So we don't know who those owners are. What is that? Excuse me. Say that again clearly. The CASA. B-A-C-A-S, I guess. And what is that? they're, They're one of the agencies. And so if you buy a house, they say, look, we'll take care of everything. We'll pay oh, your taxes, prop- property we'll management, this. property managing. And so our form doesn't show who the owner is. It only shows the cost so, which is in Idaho or something. So we don't know who the owners are. They very well can be corporate owners and probably are because that's what happens every place else. So why would we be different? But it's, a, it's an element this is another part of the issue. We don't know any of that, and we don't have staff that goes after finding any of that out because we don't have staff because, you know, it goes 
Well, that would be a much that would be a much tougher issue because then you're going to have to get into the tax records and track down, and probably a lot of them have LLCs and corporations and all of that. Right. So that would be right. a much more difficult issue to track down. Let me just take a moment to introduce. I'm Karen Audubon. My guest today is Elizabeth Swenson, and we're talking about housing in Mendocino County. It's an issue she's been working on for many years, and we've morphed into short term housing and what it means to our community taking it out um i will say that i've been watching this discussion of short-term housing trickle up with ordinances from uh, marin to sonoma county has now got an ordinance about it and they're cracking down on making sure that if you're do if you do have a short-term housing you are on the records and they're getting their TOT. They're also starting to limit it, limit the amount of housing that can be taken out for short term. Um, I know the city of Santa Rosa has an ordinance that's gone through, Healdsburg, Windsor. So um, it's I, a lot, yeah. yeah, it's trickling up to us. And it, I think I will say, in my humble opinion, it's time for Mendocino County as a whole to address this issue because as in the past things trickle up folks like the Mm -hmm. the winery industry it trickled up you know they had they had all kinds of we've we've watched it whatever happens south of us usually trickles up to us (laughs) (laughs) so um have you had discussions uh, about with the supervisors you said you've dealt with dan and, and ted have you had discussions with them about looking south to the ordinances that are happening there and discussing it here You know, yes and no. Uh, I have had conversations with Hashek, uh, and I've participated in, you know, some of the inland patterns, um, which spreads out. But um, really, I mean, Ted had set up an ad hoc committee, but it seems to have just disappeared. In other words, we did talk with Ted a couple times, he wasn't really, wasn't clear whether he what he thought of our plans, um, but he seems to have seems to not agree with them because we haven't really had a follow up with him. Um, but the we wanted to, you know, we did this petition. We thought that would start a conversation, and and part of the petition was to say. That, we know this is not the only solution. There isn't a only solution for housing, but this is a big, it's a big issue. So tell me what petition I saw. I think I saw a petition online. What, what happened? That was last year, wasn't it? Or just this year? Well, no, we, we actually, we presented it to the board in June, beginning of June. And we did it very quickly because we just thought it would be, uh, it would affect how what they thought. So we had like a month where we asked people to put up what our goals were, what we thought a general plan for how to deal with short-term rentals, um, and asked people to sign a petition. And we, in a, less than a month, we got 600 signatures. Ah, oh, okay. So we thought, we'll turn this over to the board. A lot of it we had, again, uh, already talked to Dan Dan and um, Ted about, but we turned it over saying, you know, 
you really need to have an ordinance. I mean, we have there's sort of two things. The county needs to control short-term rentals. It needs to know what it has. It needs to collect its money, and it needs to reduce them. Is our basically our position? But it needs to have it needs to do this in the way that things are done. In other words, you have an ordinance which most counties have had for 10 or 15 years and they update them over time we don't have anything in other words you just buy a house you say it's a short-term rental you feel i think you pay 35 dollars there's most areas collect enough money to administer the program and there you are you're a short-term rental and hopefully you pay your tot tax we have it's sort of <laughs> very old west kind of almost uh, whereas most of the world, really, most of California, it, trucky little places up in Butte County have short-term rental, you know, ordinances. Huh. So, I, that, now, that's, that's the word behind Butte County is kind of interesting. So, Elizabeth... Um, I, I, yeah, I should make sure it's Butte. It's, yeah, well, it's, well, it's one of them. There. But I, I, I will... I, I don't want... I will say that um, Healdsburg and Windsor just got their act together in this last year. I've been monitoring that. But you know what? Um, the phones have been kind of ringing. I, I, I've okay. been, I have been told that the phones are going to work this morning. They didn't work my last show, but the phones are supposedly up and running today. So if you have a comment or a question or a suggestion, you can reach me and Elizabeth. That's 707-895-2444. If you'd like to get on, ooh, ooh, the lines are lighting up. Should we take a call? Let's do that, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, ooh, three lines. All right, we're going to get you on here. Good morning, caller. You're on the air, I hope. Hi there. Good morning. Can you hear me? Oh, we can. Welcome to the air. I love this conversation. This is Mary Rose. I live in Fort Bragg. I had worked for the uh, 2020 census. I did three tours of duty with the U.S. Census including structure identification and mapping in 2019 prior to the 2020 census. And I could say that in Fort Bragg, I was kind of surprised at the number of homes I visited where people had answered and uh, they were only, um, they were non-residents. They, uh, a lot of people bought houses uh, in, in like uh, cooperation with either family members or friends. And uh, that, I thought, was very interesting. And if you look at the 2020 census um, characteristics for housing units in Fort Bragg, we have 3,014 occupied housing units. Uh, there are 658 with a mortgage, 459 without a mortgage. So if you uh, subtract th- those two figures from the 3,014 occupied housing units, uh, that leaves us with 1,897 non-owner occupied units. So um, we have close to 7,000 people, uh, residents in Fort Bragg, and that includes, you know, children. So I, I'm just wondering um, what, where uh, these rentals, uh, uh, these um, short-term rentals are probably linked to people who are non-residents who have bought property. Some told me they bought property so they could come here on vacation, some uh, to get away from the heat, uh, some in case there's fire. So we got uh, a conundrum of things happening here. But before um, 
I uh, get off the phone. I just wanted to mention that when we look at mobile homes, think about resident-owned communities because um, there are several mobile home parks here that I know of had rentals. Uh, you could rent a um, mobile home, but um, and I don't want to name them because I don't want to get um, sued or put people in trouble. But uh, some mobile home parks have been purchased by people from out of out of the area, and they um, require that all the units be owned. They can't be rented out. And you also have uh, corporations that are sweeping up mobile home parks. And another thing I saw in a census was there are properties that were um, owned by corporations, not just LLCs, limited liability corporations. All right. Well, thank you for but all the you, input. Yeah. Thank you okay, so much. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, just a note to say about Fort Bragg. Fort Bragg allows, and I'm sure there's scoff laws, but their policy is to have 10 short-term rentals in the city limits in the downtown area. Area. And they came up with that in like before 2000. Um, uh, You know, they had enough foresight to see that what what was going to happen. Now, that's not to say other things don't happen. Right, right. Take away houses, but that's that was sort of dealt with. And, and I just want to remind the listeners that the focus of the short-term housing that we're talking about is is not where you're, um, you have a room in your house that you're renting out, or you have a little cottage in the backyard and, you're, and you live on site and you're renting it out. That That's not the focus of this. The, the focus of this is where people are coming in, buying houses, not living there, and just using them straight away for income. So Elizabeth, I'm going to get back to the phones because they are ringing off sure. the hook. Good morning. Whoops. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yeah. Hi. Good morning. Um, I am calling because I've been interested in that issue for a while now. What piqued my interest was a developer wanted to have short-term rental on Albion Ridge Road. And um, the Coastal Commission had several meetings and ended up turning it down, and it was clear in this situation that these people who are originally from another country uh, bought up several units in the Albion area, one with Ocean View and, and um, the, this place and the other place next door, basically, and they cut down most of the trees on that property which it was apparently okay until they actually build, and they said they were going to build, but they don't live in the area, and they have no clue about the environment around here. They thought water was abundant, and so they could plant ginkgo trees and olive trees and sycamore trees in the middle of the picnic. And I know, Karen, you... Um, mentioned the quality of life in our communities, which totally uproots the communities. And then you have people like that who tell everybody something different. They were going to live in all the houses that they, on the properties that they had, and then they were also telling people, no, they would never move here. They're, you know, live down in the Bay Area somewhere and have their mansions there. And they do that in many, many, many counties. Yep, they're doing a lot of that. um, I followed also what the Coastal Commission decided as far as the ADUs, 
And it is really important that um, we um, not allow this to continue. I'm glad the coastal, um, I mean, the Planning Commission of Mendocino County voted that down, but what also happened as a result of it, they formed a subcommittee, and at the last meeting, they wanted to pass a resolution where it would be much harder for uh, people to uh, get um, short-term rental on their property if they don't live there especially. And you would have to pay more money uh, for a, a, a higher permit, but the, they didn't want to adopt that because they felt that the public needed to be notified more, which they're only going to advertise it maybe in two newspapers, maybe the AVA and maybe Inland. And so their meeting is sometime in November. But if people can just um, go to the webpage for Mendocino County Planning Commission, Planning Department, and look at this November meeting, um, I'm not sure if I wrote it down in my... Well, they can go to the website. And basically, we just all need to stay involved in this discussion. And thank you so much for your call. That was very informative. Thank you very much. Yeah, we all need to stay informed about what's going on around us to keep the quality of our life up. So um, I'm going to get another caller on. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Turn off your radio. Oh. Sorry, got it. Got Hold it. On. Thank you. Good morning, caller, you're on the air. Turn off your radio. Uh, you got to get that radio, Doss. Good morning. Thank you. Okay, are you there? Yes, I am. Uh, I would <laughs> like to add, I last remember a conversation about this with um, Dan Jurdy a couple of years ago, and he said that some of it had to do with the um, traffic study count. That was messed up because of COVID, obviously, but there was a traffic study that was needed to, uh, I believe, complete general plan um, information, and I don't think that traffic study got completed, so that is also a component in the discussion. Okay, so we need to follow that, I guess. But yeah, what okay. I do, actually, probably just briefly, I don't know why my phone is ringing, but I'll turn it off, um, is... We haven't talked about the Coastal Commission in relation to stuff, which which she's, that reference about the traffic study was okay. that. So we can get back to that a little bit. All right. Caller, thank you for calling in. Were there anything else? Nope. Okay, she's gone. All right. Well, we, let's um let's try to keep the calls. Let me get a couple more calls in. Is that okay, Elizabeth? Because we're, sure. we're getting some really good information and feedback, I think. So here we go. We're going to do that. Call, whoop, nope, that one didn't work. Okay. All right. Let's try this one. Caller, you're on the air. Are you there? I am, and uh, thank you for this great show. Thanks for taking my call. I have a couple issues that I don't think are too far off track here. One that's been bothering me quite a bit over the last couple of years is the enormous amount of uh, waste that could have gone into building materials by PG&E's cutting. I have uh, some wooded uh, property on my on, uh, here, and um, I came home one day, and there were, oh, 10 trees that were totally uh, capable of being milled up and made into uh, building material for either low-income housing or any kind of housing. Instead, it got ground up into toothpicks and spread all over my property. Um, it, it just seems... 
terrible waste. I've had talks with PG&E and the tree people, and they say, well, we're, our hands are tied. Here's how we're supposed to do it. And it seems like this needs to be a ground-up change, starting perhaps with the uh, CPUC, the California Public Utilities Commission, who have placed themselves, I believe, in the timber industry now, the timber grinding industry. Yeah, good luck with that. (laughs) Well, it it is so, it's heartbreaking. Oh, I know. I mean, the whole issue is heartbreaking, but the PUC is like heartbreaking, too. That's okay. (laughs) You know, I... It needs to, it needs to start from the ground up. We can't. It let does. We need we need to we need to get it out there. Good Dictate. for good for bringing it up. So your next issue. Yeah, uh, can I make another? Uh, yeah, another yeah. No, comment? go ahead. Yeah, real quick. Uh, we've been fixing up housing for rentals, and we talked to our insurance company, and they said absolutely. If we tried to rent out uh, any of the spaces that we had, they would drop us. Oh, and, seriously. Uh, and the replacement insurance would make it totally unaffordable housing. So it's just. It's just a, a what, circle what, of uh, weirdness. What district are you in? Third. Wow, and they would drop your insurance. Yeah, we live in a wooded, fire, high fire zone area, even though we've done all of our due diligence with clearing. But, uh, yeah, they said, uh, any more rentals, and we would drop your entire policy. Well, I'm, i got to gear up because i got to do a show on insurance because it's getting just under out of control. Well, thank you for bringing those issues up, sir. Thank you so right, much. bye-bye. Yeah. I totally am into recycling lumber and re- upbuilding. I tear down buildings to build anything I build. I like to recycle all my stuff. Um, any quick comments about that? Or there, I'm going to take another call, Elizabeth. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I think those are all good. good. I think <laughs> We're getting some good callers today. Thank you, callers, for calling in. I'm going to get us another one because the phones are working and we're getting really quality callers. Thank you so much, callers. Good morning, caller. You're on the air with us. Whoops, there you are. Whoops, that one didn't work. Good morning, caller. You're on the air with us. Good morning. Turn your phone. Um, get your, I, get your um, radio down. I'm going to go in the other room. Um, right. Thank you. The feedback is what, terrible. What, there we go. Um, what I'll bring to your attention is that we have another element to this housing crisis, and it's coming from the climate crisis. And that is the coast is a temperate zone. It's cooler than the inland. And what we're seeing, I think, and I'm just sort of, I'm hearing anecdotal reports on this, is investors buying housing sight unseen simply for speculative profit. Yep, that's what we've been talking about. So, Well, we've been talking, I've been listening to your conversation. You're talking about um, short-term rentals. This is housing that's completely taken off the market. Oh, totally. These are, All right. Well, listen, I got these are, these are good good comments, but I'm afraid we're up against the hour, and I got to go. But thank you. Uh, Enjoy. Good one. Um, Elizabeth Swenson, yes. keep up the good work. Thanks for coming on, and we'll stay in touch. Thank you. But I got to get out of yes. here. Thanks so much, All Elizabeth. Right. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Thank you. All right, folks, this is housing issue. We need to all stay on top of it. And I'm Karen Audubonny, and I will be back with you in two weeks. Uh, and then next month, we're going to be doing election coverage. Annie Esposito and I will be on, I believe it is October 19th, Wednesday morning, doing propositions. So stay on top of this. Stay informed, keep your supervisors informed, and we want to keep the quality of life in Mendocino County. 
This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.